God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, we found out, um, I just found out recently that uh, uh, Anthony Fauci has a laboratory in Montana. And uh, that's a bit scary. So uh, revealed Anthony Fauci run lab in Montana, experimented with coronavirus strain shipped in from Wuhan a year before COVID pandemic began. This, according to the Daily Mail, revealed Anthony Fauci run lab. Okay, so the NIH infected 12 bats with a SARS-like coronavirus in 2018. The virus was shipped from Wuhan to a an NIH lab in Montana. So Fauci warns he has nightmares about the next inevitable pandemic. U.S. taxpayer money was used to experiment with coronaviruses from the Chinese lab thought to be the source of the COVID pandemic more than a year before the global outbreak an investigation is found. The National Institute of Health, NIH, under Dr. Fauci's leadership, infected 12 Egyptian fruit bats with a SARS-like virus called Weavy, or WIV-1 at a lab in Montana in 2018. The WIV-1 coronavirus was shipped from the Wuhan lab. The FBI believes caused the COVID pandemic and was tested on bats acquired from a roadside Maryland zoo. It sounds like you cannot make this up. They got maps, pictures, everything. So Camp David was seven miles from this shady zoo, sent 12 bats to Montana lab, experimented with virus on bats, Rocky Mountain Laboratories, Wuhan Institute of Virology 
And then there's um, the people that were actually investigating the the origins, like Peter Dazak from Eco Health Alliance. I happen to have a friend who actually worked for Peter Dazak in New York. The research revealed this week by a campaign group determined the no, no, novel, novel virus could not cause a robust infection, but the research is more evidence of ties between the U.S. government and the Wuhan lab. And, you know, remember, we have those ties between Harvard and Wuhan. So where Chinese scientists have found several new concerning viruses, and they found them... In rodent species, uh, there's a whole bunch of names, about seven names. Number of rodent samples, 16 to 25, 26 to 60. So eight novel viruses, including one belonging to the same family as COVID, were found in labs across China. Recent taxpayer-funded animal experiments in China from 2015 to 2023 you got all kinds. You got, you know, 15, 20 different financed labs that you're paying for. This is according to the Daily Mail. They did a really full expose on this. This is a very large article with a lot of hyperlinks and a lot of sources, a lot of resource information. Wow. It just, the hits just keep on coming. You know, um, it was uh, Rand Paul that came out with a new 400-page book on this subject. The media doesn't want to cover this. The media does not want to talk about their hero, Dr. Fauci, being you know, someone who should be brought up on war crimes, crimes against humanity. This was a bioweapon. And not only did he do this, Not only is he either stupid and inept, but if you look back at his history with regard to AIDS in Africa, he single-handedly helped the spread of AIDS back in the um, 90s. This guy has been a loser his whole life, yet he's the best-paid person in Washington. He makes the most of any civil service worker like 750000 But then his royalties, which are really another name for kickbacks, from every pharmaceutical and uh, plant, and, and he gets paid for speeches at universities, and he greenlights and he sends out billions of dollars in aid. He works hand-in-glove with USAID, which is a part and parcel of the State Department and the CIA. He works with defense contractors on bioweapons, He puts people and connects people together. And basically, he's the guy that was in charge. Why Trump didn't get rid of him? But I I also think that Trump was between a rock and a hard place. He's trying to negotiate a deal with China. He's got impeachment hearings out the wazoo because of a perfectly good call with Zelensky. He's got the Russian hoax thing coming down, breathing down his neck. And the one thing he said he learned from Nixon was the cover-up would be worse than the crime 
I didn't do anything, and so I'm just going to let the investigators investigate. And those investigations didn't need to happen if it wasn't for people like General Flynn getting pinched, finding himself in a room alone with the two FBI rogue FBI agents. We now know that the FBI is corrupt. We should have probably known then. The FBI has been corrupt since the 60s, if not sooner. J. Edgar Hoover has his name on the building. He, he used to dress up like, like a woman and engage in all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, the FBI is just a bunch of clowns in a clown show. Look at the raids against all the Trump supporters and Trump people. Look at the attack on Christianity during COVID. The FBI was nothing but a Gestapo police force run by a guy like Christopher Wray, who was friends with a guy like Rod Rosenstein, who we learned yesterday was pushing the 25th Amendment, according to Andrew McCabe. The FBI should be ashamed of themselves for the evil that they have done against the people that actually pay their salaries. That's God-fearing, hard-working, middle-class Americans. And we've seen this play out in history before, and we're seeing it again. And they cover up for these people. The FBI never gets it done. If it's Jesse Smollett, or if it's any other made-up hoax, or if it's a crime that somehow the left sanctions, then they don't get involved. But if it's a if it's a uh, something else, I mean, I don't even want to call J six a crime, and I would never call it an insurrection. I certainly would call it an infiltration. And do you ever notice? The growing population of these Muslims in London, for example, they all wear masks and hijabs. They call them hijabs. And they all say death to Israel, death to America, death to the West. And they all start chanting their own religion. If they like their religion so much, go back to your little dirt hut, go back to your sand pit, and just go back. No one's going to invade you. Just go back and pound sand. Because I'm sick and tired of this infiltration, whether it's the J6 infiltration where Antifa and Black Lives Matter, you know, basically Hamas sympathizers, um, infiltrate the, the Capitol. They were the only ones that were wearing the masks and bringing claw hammers and, and all kinds of stuff like that. But they didn't find one weapon. But Ashley Babbitt was dead. Thanks to that Secret Service guy, Richard Burr, Bird, who should be, they have new footage, by the way, that came out over the weekend, where it's so clear that that little moron shot a defenseless woman and Air Force veteran in the face, in the neck, and didn't even think twice about it. This guy... Absolutely unprofessional. And yet, never a hearing, never a court date, nothing. It's insane. 
And there's footage of Ashley Babbitt, you know, before the hand, um, just roaming around talking to some of the police in the area. If anything, they would have profiled her as a safe person, like not an insane person. And yet still, we don't have the tapes for J6, and I'm going to, you know, see to it that uh, Speaker Johnson releases those tapes, the ones that were promised by every other speaker candidate. And hopefully, we'll get a resolution to a lot of these problems of people rotting in jail and uh, lives destroyed, all because they supported mean tweets, orange man bad, a guy who wants to make America great again, a guy that wants to see other countries prosper, even if it involved Russia. I said to a friend of mine once, who works at the you know in a, in, a, in the government, and and knows better, and I said, so what's the end goal to crush Russia, kill Putin, crush Russia? Who's going to replace Putin in this Ukrainian war anyway? If if you take out Putin, who's going to replace him? Anybody better? And you crush Russia. And for what? All Trump wanted to do was bring Russia into G7 and make it G8 and give Russia uh, a, a, a fair trade deal that would have empowered and enriched the Russians who weren't the richest country in the world, obviously, and could have fortified the world with cheaper energy and would have helped everybody in Europe and in the United States and Canada. All the middle class would have been stronger and thrived because of lower energy. The only people that would have probably lost out on that would have been Tesla and Elon Musk, and they would have been People like John Kerry who would be out of a job because green wouldn't fl- have flourished. This whole gr- cl- push with climate is ridiculous. And I still can't believe that people, smart people, buy it. You know, when people are talking about energy and they say, well, of course we you know, need to, to, to have lower, lower emissions. Emissions is not even really the problem. We need to plant more trees. Trees would do the job. Not solar panels from China. Not cobalt from the Congo and all the slave labor camps and the inhumanity of it all. We don't need more bugs in in our food. We actually need more farmers. We don't need to buy them out and crush them and sell them out and con them out Because in a lot of these cases where the agricultural uh, demise is assured, a lot of these family farmers took the money that was dangling in front of them and they sold out. And that's not a jab against them. They were struggling because of the regulations that were applied to them. And they were just forced between a rock and a hard place. Because the government couldn't leave them alone. In my mind, I'm thinking of the Netherlands, but I'm also thinking of the Midwest. I never knew how important or how fragile 
our agriculture is to us until they started to crush them into oblivion and then start talking about how to manufacture bugs and put them in our chicken like Tyson chicken. It's absolutely absurd. Tyson chicken. I'm boycotting Tyson, by the way. They hire slave labor, so they're exploiting the open borders. And then they're going to adhere to the World Economic Forum guidelines of putting bugs in your food. What kind of contract do they have with the American middle class that made them the powerful, rich, meatpacking chicken company that they are? Where's the thanks? And that's what we have to do. We are winning small wars. We are winning small battles. We are winning some of these things. I think that uh, right now you're seeing Justin Trudeau up north in a um, a looming election, starting to lose in the polls. People don't want him. Of course, who would ever want Justin Trudeau as their leader? And the same thing holds true here. You know, everybody knows that Trump is the man, and yet I got to tell you, um, DeSantis was appeared on Patrick Bet David's Value Entertainment uh, show on YouTube, and he was wearing the, these funky little boots, and and I think it was maybe it was Joe Rogan. It was Joe Rogan or it was Patrick Bet David, but one of those two. And he was wearing these boots, and they showed a picture of the boots. And the boots looked really funny because they were jacked up on the heel. And it's like, are, do you have, like, risers in those heels? Are you walking on your toes like a, like some woman wearing pumps? And then it just got to thinking, what a bad decision that was for Ron DeSantis to be listening to people like Paul Ryan who never got it right and Karl Rove who don't give two craps about the Republicans in this country. Just look at Ken pa- just ask Ken Paxton of Texas, the AG, where Karl Rove and his whole Bush dynasty uh, globalist agenda went against Ken Paxton. Ken Paxton won. That was a big deal. That was a big fight because Ken Paxton was the one saving Texas from a takeover like they like occurred in Georgia. We could have used a Ken Paxton in Georgia and Georgia would have never happened the way it went down. And we could use more Ken Paxtons in Wisconsin and in Michigan too. Instead of these fake kidnappings in Michigan and and this this unbelievable rigging in Milwaukee and and uh, so many counties where they tallied up the votes in Wisconsin and they had more votes than registered voters. <laughs> well, that's because the late registrations weren't tallied enough in time. They made stuff up and people are, oh, okay, all right. It's just absolutely absurd. But that's the only way that these lying fools and these tyrants, but I don't think that they think that they can do it again. 
And so that's why Colorado and other states like California and New York and Georgia are going after Trump the way they are, whether it's unbelievable indictments in D.C. and Fulton County and, and in New York. They're trying to crush this family, but then in Colorado, they're trying to take them off the ballot, and they've also uh, propositioned that same thing in California. And it's just unbelievable because you know that Trump Trump would win Colorado. Colorado is not like California. It's not so corrupt that it's gone, gone for good. Color, uh, California also, I think, has more Republicans than Democrats. I believe that. The time I was out in California, I couldn't get over how many Republicans. It was very much in line with what I uh, read, which was that these Make America Great Again hats, the, the state that sold the most MAGA hats was California. I was, that, that number, that shocked me. That was a legitimate source. I remember years ago, I heard that story. I was like, wow. Paul Preston was right. So this Anthony Fauci story is really big. This guy is going to go to jail. He needs to go to jail. He is a tyrannical little man syndrome kind of. He reminds me of that. Whoa, (laughs) we got we got all kinds of noises going on here. I got this new speaker system and it's um, we'll, we'll go ahead and take a call. Um because it uh, came through like that. Um, Caller, you're on the air? Hello, caller. Hmm? Caller, you're on the air for... We can't hear you. Sorry about that. All right. Sometimes that happens, I guess. I don't know. But we did get that call coming in. And uh, this is a caller that actually called in before. I remember because it said Frank Rizzo on it. Um, All right. So we got Elon Musk here. How Soros hijacked our system within without changing a single law. Now, this is something we've talked about and we know this to be true. This is not to me. This is not a brilliant now, I think Elon Musk is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a genius in a lot of ways. I think he's super smart. Uh, take nothing away from Elon Musk's smarts. I don't necessarily agree with him with everything, especially I thought he was wrong about the Paris Agreement. I thought he was way wrong about voting for Joe Biden. So anybody that votes for Joe Biden can't be that smart. But now, let's face it. Elon Musk is super smart. But you could be super smart. And still not get it right politically. Uh, Some of the smartest people I know on earth are liberals. Square that. I don't get it. it, Because there's no logic there. But anyway. But he says this and it's pretty basic. Like This is... You're going to think the same as me. You're going to think, duh, (laughs) right? You're just figuring this out just now? So uh, one of the things he noticed was that in it, it, that that the value for money in local races is much higher than it is in national races. So the lowest value for money is so. So the argument that Elon Musk is making is the value for your money 
in terms of financial contributions to political campaigns is more valuable. You like you get a bigger bang for your buck, right? So you do better financing small races where, you know, it's sort of like a big fish in a small pond. You come with the $500,000 to a small local city council race or a district attorney's race. And that's going to be like all you need, bro, to win, right? Um, but if you bring $500,000 to a presidential race, that's going to be like, you know, thank you for your service. Uh, have a cup of coffee on me. It's not a big deal, right? That 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 and a cup of coffee won't buy me a, a television ad during the Super Bowl. You know, I can't buy much with that nationally. So that's his point. His point is $500,000 doesn't go that far. Makes very little dent in the system when you're talking about national races or even, for that matter, statewide races. That's why you got to be a lot richer to win a Senate seat. Just ask the Kennedys. Um, It was very difficult for them to win a Senate seat. And, uh, And then it was difficult for them to win the presidency, the Kennedy family all the money they had. So that's what he's saying here. So uh, one of the things he noticed was that in it, it, that, that the value for money in local races is much higher than it is in national races. So the lowest value for money is a presidential race. Then next lowest value for money is a Senate race, then a Congress. And then, but once you get to sort of city and state district attorneys, um, the value of money is extremely good. And uh, Soros realized that you don't actually need to change the laws. You just need to change how they're enforced. If nobody chooses to enforce the law or the laws are differentially enforced, it's like changing the laws. Right, and that's the key. That's the kicker, right? Soros figured it out that it's it, the laws are getting in the way of progress. So how do you break the law? When you don't have the ability to change the law because the laws get changed up up the road a bit at the at the higher court levels, at the Senate, at the you know, you need you need to win over all of Congress. You know, how do you do that? That you need sixty um new congressmen in a red state, uh, because the state legislature is overwhelmingly red. So how are you gonna pass how are you gonna pass the laws? You don't. You don't have enough muscle to win the state over, the state legislature over. And you're not certainly not going to change it, change it in Congress. So the, he thought the quickest way, and so somebody ought to look at that and say, you know what, that ought to be banned. Outside foreign money like from Soros ought to be banned, Right. Or there should be a limit to these local races. Otherwise, no local person can ever win. No small time timer with with good intentions can win if they're not super rich. So he doesn't work on changing the laws, which are changed in the legislature, legislative branch. He works on getting one man to not enforce the law. And that's exactly what Joe Biden did with Mayorkas. Mayorkas is basically, you know, going to change 
not enforce the laws. That's that's all like that's the FBI happening there. Stating that's that's all that's happening there. So, um, all right. So uh, let's uh, see what I can do here. I, I wanted to play this Mike Johnson clip. Watch our new Speaker of the House. Panic because it's impossible to cover up the inescapable conclusions of the last few weeks. Let me give you two of them. First, one, the hard evidence, Mr. Goldman and everybody else, now proves that the Biden family is hopelessly corrupt and has apparently engaged in a long pattern of extortion, bribery, influence peddling, and tax fraud, and staggering abuses of power. And number two, we're highlighting here today that we now know that a growing list of the most important executive branch agencies of the Biden administration are in on it. They've also been corrupted. They've been weaponized to help cover all this up. First families' crimes. When we summarize all this stuff, it sounds like a premise of a dystopian novel or something, but it's actually happening right now on our watch. This is not conspiracy theories. This is evidence. Our hearing today is to put a spotlight on one more of these incredible avenues of unprecedented corruption and government cover-up. And here again, a federal court has just affirmed all that hard evidence. It proves that the White House, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, among other agencies, threatened and coerced the social media platforms to censor and suppress disfavored viewpoints and conservatives' social media posts online. Well, that's not a conspiracy theory, is what he's saying. That's the Speaker of the House. Next time someone tells you, you know, that uh, you're a conspiracy nut, well, the Speaker of the House, you know, they have their Nancy Pelosi, who lies, cheats, and steals. Her husband keeps getting in wrecks. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's just two standards of everything, right? Two standards of everything. That That's the problem. And um, so yesterday, Mayorkas, the criminal, was on Capitol Hill and Josh Hawley gave him what for? I mean, uh, this was just off the charts. And so we are going to get to the bottom of this one. Let's take a listen. With the chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. With the chant, from the river let's to see, the let, sea, let's Palestine. Let's start this it over. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Secretary Mayorkas, let me start with you. You're familiar with the chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You familiar with that? I am. Do you know what it means? I do. Can you explain it to us? Um, uh, Senator, that is a, um, a chant um, that speaks of uh, Palestinian desire for its homeland and a very expansive definition of its homeland at the expense of the independence of Israel. Well, indeed. I mean, it, it calls for the elimination of Israel, does it not? It does. So my question to you is, should students who are here on a visa, who gather and chant that slogan and actively advocate for the elimination of Israel and attacks on Jewish individuals, whether in the Middle East or here in the United States, as we're seeing on college campuses, should those students have their visas revoked? Uh, Senator, uh, I believe you are referencing a provision in the Immigration and Nationality Act, uh, about which you have written uh, to me. And I am very familiar with uh, uh, your assertion that that statutory provision requires the revocation of their visa. But should they have their visas revoked? I'm asking you. Uh, 
Uh, we are um, assessing um, your legal assertion. Um, it is a matter of legal interpretation of the statute. Well, just as a moral matter, I mean, should, should students who are here, foreigners who are here in this country, accessing our university system and advocating for the killing of Jews, should they be allowed to stay here at our leisure? Um, Senator, it is a matter of law. And uh, it requires a legal interpretation, and I am not in a position to provide that legal interpretation. Just, and let me add something. Well, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I just, my time is very limited. I have to say I think your answer is disappointing, but let me ask you something else. Let, let me ask you about people who say other things. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech. Uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. This is Nuja Ali, an employee of the Department of Homeland Security, who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. Number I'm sorry, three, what have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives. You have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Has she been fired? Mr. Secretary, after um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, I'd like to speak. Has she been fired? Because I will we not would like be, an answer. Would you? Because I will not be given the opportunity. Has she been fired? So uh, that individual has been placed on administrative leave. So she's one. not been fired. Number two. Number Why has two, she not been fired? Number two. The individual was hired in 2019. Why has she not been number fired? Number three. I cannot speak to an ongoing personnel matter. Why, why has this person not been fired? Your answer is you can't speak to it? This isn't sufficient to fire her? I am not in a position to speak to an ongoing personnel matter. 
This that, isn't sufficient to fire her? That's what you're telling me? That is not what I'm saying. But she's still on your payroll as that, we sit here today. That is not what I'm saying. She's still on your payroll as we sit here today. Senator? How many cases? She was an asylum and immigration officer. How many cases did she adjudicate? Senator, I'm not in a position to speak about an ongoing person. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking you how many cases she adjudicated. My uh, answer remains. Did she adjudicate any cases involving Israelis seeking asylum in this country? Same answer. Well, let me just point you to what else she posted on social media, where she drew attention to the fact that she is an immigration and asylum officer. Hashtag immigrants, hashtag asylum seekers, hashtag Palestine, hashtag refugees welcome. This is on her LinkedIn post where she has her professional affiliation posted. So I think the American people deserve to know, has, has she admitted, contrary to law, individuals who should not be in this country or denied Jewish refugees, whose genocide she's advocating, asylum that they deserve? Same answer. You're not gonna, you're not gonna tell us what this person's done? Are you conducting a review of her cases at least? Senator, as I have said, over and over again, I cannot speak to an ongoing You said that you will not. I can't believe that you would come to this committee knowing this. You know about this. I've written to you about it. You know all about it. And you come here unwilling to answer and suggest that it is wrong of me to ask you the question. Quite frankly, Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. And I think the fact that you are not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. And I agree. <laughs> I agree 1,000%. <laughs> Mayorkas sucks. He just is a really awful human being working for the Biden administration. You can't get much worse than Mayorkas. It's just that simple. And it's so sad. So, Wow. I see this other one. I want to play it. I don't know if we have the time, but it's. Uh, I hear this one's really good. This is uh, Ron uh, Johnson in the Senate. Chairman, uh, Secretary Marcus, I think you're familiar with my chart. I started developing this as chairman of this committee. I haven't heard this one yet, but I've heard about it. Uh, it used to be titled Southwest Border in uh, Apprehensions. Uh, that's back in the good old days uh, when we actually apprehended, detained, and oftentimes deported. Uh, for some reason, well, I know the reason, that under your administration, you've changed it now to encounters. So now uh, it's titled Southwest Border Encounters because now we encounter, we process, and disperse. And it seems like your solution to the self-inflicted wound to America is we've just gotten more efficient at processing. Uh, I can't quite honestly think of a greater threat to America than is what is represented by this chart, and this chart represents this administration's open border policy. It's a travesty. Um, Director Ray, you, you said in your testimony, uh, the threats, uh, they're not getting any easier to deal with. Uh, would having a secure border, would that make your job easier? Well, I, I, will, I will let Secretary America speak for border security, but I will tell you that the threats that we have to contend with that are... Well, it just makes everything more wildly, more crazy, right? Now, Director Ray, right I'm assuming you've seen and read the letter that Senator Grassley wrote to you and 
Attorney General Garland on October 24th? I'm generally aware of it. Oh, you ought to read it. Let me read some segments to you. Uh, the FBI maintained over 40 confidential human sources that provided criminal information related to Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden. An essential question that must be answered in this, did the FBI investigate the information or shut it down? Certainly there's a host of reasons to conclude that they attempted to shut it down. It goes on. It's been alleged that the base... I'm going to pause just for a second. Uh, we have a caller that uh, has been calling in a lot here. I mean, it was... caller, you're on the air? Hey, how are you today, buddy? Pretty good. So we interrupted Ron Johnson to hear what you have to say. Well, you know, the thing that I don't understand is people are so uneducated with the Constitution. I mean, everybody's talking about the border. I mean, who do you really blame for the situation in Texas right now? Who would you blame according to the Constitution? Okay, good. Just tell us. It would be Governor Abbott. You don't... See, the states have a federal government. The federal government doesn't have states. Under Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution, under imminent danger and invasion, a state has the right to declare war. Why didn't Senator Ted Cruz grab Governor Abbott, go into a special session meeting, and declare war on Mexico? Hmm. Under those circumstances. So, I mean, Ted Cruz is crying that the, the state's going to turn blue, contribute to my campaign, but yet you didn't do your job. I mean, you gotta, people got to get educated on how this government's supposed to work. We don't, the states control the federal government. The federal government does not control the states. But yet, for some reason, because we're all hooked on this printed currency candy cane, they have no choice but to be obligated to the federal government for all the money that comes in. It's actually a very good point that you make. They print up this money to hold leverage over the states. And yeah, it's sort of like it's yeah. sort of like it reminds me it reminds me of um, when uh, Georgie Maloney uh, from Italy recently, about a year ago. Uh, was complaining about what France was doing to one of these third world na- countries in Africa, which was selling them or giving them colonial francs, which were worthless, right? Printed cash that had no value outside of outside of that one particular country. And they were basically exchanging it for gold mining rights, for cobalt mining rights, and some other things. And so basically they were getting real value that's intrinsic value that uh, gl- has a global value a- in exchange for cl- colonial francs, which are basically worthless on the world market, but yet very valuable to the warlords and tribal leaders of that particular country where they can get, you know, a bigger hut and, and, and a lap dance. Um, you know, and so the colonial franc works for the locals, but... It was a completely a complete exploitation and an unfair trade uh, outside of that, and uh, the same thing, the same relationship. They're treating the states like third world little hut, you know, like crumbs with this worthless. Well, you know, money. you know, the, what was the uh, governor that lost uh, the, the uh, candidate for governor in Arizona? She lost the uh, 
just recently oh, lost. Katie Hobbs. Grade. Katie Hobbs. I mean, uh, Hobbs K- Curry is, Lake. Uh, Curry Lake. Curry Lake is the only politician that mentioned that article in the Constitution. Oh wow. Well, so she's she's running for problem. Senate now. She's she's going to be Senator Senator Hobbs uh, Senator all Lake. The people that lost, all the people that lost loved ones due to fentanyl and you know carjackings and kidnappings and all the people that are getting raped on the border, all the Texans that your farms are getting devastated because these people are crossing, leaving garbage, cutting your cattle fences. Blame your governor. It's his fault. He should have overrode the federal government, and his sheriff should have went in and arrested any federal agent that tried to stop the process. Hmm. That's how your government's supposed to work. All right. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for that passionate call. All right. Well, there it is. And uh, we're going to continue to listen to this uh, Ron Johnson talking about the FBI's handling of the Biden family probe. Let's take a listen. This is for shutting down the investigative activity, uh, shutting it down. By the was. way, this was just yesterday that this uh, exchange happened. This is not. This is brand new. An August 2020 assessment created by FBI Supervisory Intelligence Analyst Brian Auten. That assessment was used by FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation and caused investigative activity to cease. It goes on. Analyst Brian Auten opened the aforementioned assessment, which was used by the Foreign Influence Task Force to seek out CHS holdings at FBI field offices across the country relating to the Biden Biden family and falsely discredit them as foreign disinformation. My my staff caused that catch and kill. And by the way, it was that same task force that gave Senator Grassley and I our unsolicited briefing that was later leaked to the media to smear me and impact uh, my 2022 election. Senator Grassley concludes, there appears to be an effort within the Justice Department and FBI to shut down investigative activity relating to the Biden family. Such such decisions point to significant political bias infecting the decision-making of not only the Attorney General and FBI Director, but also line agents and prosecutors. Our republic cannot survive such a political infection, and you have an obligation to this country to clear the air. Let me ask another, and by the way, I'd ask that this, yeah, Ms. Consent, that this uh, letter be entered in the record. And also, this column that appeared in the Wall Street Journal published yesterday. Have you read this one? More on the stifled Hunter Biden probe. I have seen that. Okay. Uh, We'll enter that in the record. Again, this uh, column is written uh, based on the October 23rd Judiciary Committee interview with former U.S. Attorney Scott Brady, who was was tapped by... Attorney General Barr to vet information related to Ukrainian corp- corruption and pass along credible material to offices with ongoing investigations. I'll get some highlights here. The FBI office in Pittsburgh couldn't take any steps without the review and approval of FBI court headquarters. Uh, Mr. Brady describes a reluctance on the part of F- the FBI to really do any tasking related to allegations of Ukrainian corruption broadly and then specifically anything that intersected with Hunter Biden and his role in Burisma. FBI headquarters had to sign off on every assignment, no matter how small or routine, and that this sometimes required 17 different people, mostly at the headquarter level. And Mr. Brady said he'd never in his DOG career seen anything like it. Mr. Brady says his office was informed by members of the Pittsburgh FBI team that they'd been instructed by headquarters not to affirmatively share information with the Brady team. 
Uh, he said he was surprised to learn of the, that the FBI possessed the Hunter Biden laptop since 2019. He heard that through public reports. Uh, Senator Grassley's letter concludes that he has obtained names from his whistleblower, 25 Department of Justice FBI personnel, to interview at a future date, and he's also requesting a bunch of information. Will you provide those FBI personnel for interviews with his office and mine, and will you provide that, those documents? Well, I'll have to review the specific requests, and we'll see how we can be helpful. Okay, well, I'll hand you this letter. Find a point I want to make. I was briefed a couple of weeks ago by <coughs> members of the FBI on what Senator Blumenthal are doing to try and unredact a lot of the information on the 9-11 event, okay? Now, the briefers seem to be people of integrity, like I think the vast majority of the men and women that work in the FBI, the 38,000 field agents. So, again, they, they were people with integrity. The problem is that they gave me three different examples of redacted and then unredacted to explain it. And the redactions made sense of those three examples, but I had to make the point. The problem I have is I simply cannot trust what the FBI is providing me. And I don't say that with any joy in my heart. That's a travesty. The American people want to believe and have trust in the FBI. We want in credibility and integrity restored to your institution. But Director Ray. You have not done that since assuming office. And I, I could go through a long laundry list of the reasons why that trust has been violated. I don't have it right now. I'm happy to sit down and meet with you and go over these things in detail. But I would say, because they asked me, what can you, we do to restore trust? Start being transparent. My final point is, and this is actually a question, why is it? And this makes no sense. I'm an elected U.S. senator. I have the highest security clearance. Why is it that unelected members of the FBI can see the documents unredacted, but I can't even in a secure briefing room? That makes no sense whatsoever, but that's exactly how federal law enforcement, Department of Justice, the FBI, who are... Well, the FBI is going to turn around and say, well, because the investigation might involve you, right? And that's their argument, but that's not, to me, that's not a good argument. Here's the broader problem to this issue, and this is where Jesse Waters really laid this out, and I want you to hear it again. I played this once before you uh, about a week ago, but this needs to be heard again. And the Biden family has just been confirmed. For years, we've told you the FBI knew everything the Bidens were up to. The cash, the Chinese diamonds, American policy for sale. Not only was Biden blackmailing other countries, and other countries blackmailing him, but the FBI was blackmailing Biden. Boom. Senator See, the FBI is blackmailing the Bidens, and that gives them leverage over the executive branch. Senator Chuck Grassley just announced that the Federal Bureau of Investigation has had 40 informants inside the Biden family for the last 15 years. What does that mean? It's exactly what you think. 40 FBI informants, going back to the time Joe Biden was vice president, have been providing criminal information to FBI field offices throughout the country. 40 FBI informants have been feeding the Bureau exactly what Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden have been doing all over the world. Primetime isn't sure the FBI had this many informants working on the Trump campaign. So... 
What does it mean that the FBI has had the Biden family wired? And what does it mean that the FBI hasn't done a thing? Well, it tells me that the FBI knows all of the president's dirty laundry and is blackmailing him. Because Senator Grassley also revealed that multiple FBI field offices tried to run this criminal information back to headquarters and were blocked at every corner. This criminal activity was shut down during the Trump impeachment, shut down before the last election, and it's still being shut down today. Grassley says FBI headquarters deliberately smeared criminal information coming from FBI informants about the Biden family as foreign disinformation, when in fact, after an exhaustive examination, there's never been any information that any of this has been foreign. Even the FBI informant that said the Bidens shook down Ukraine for a $10 million bribe, that was vetted and found not to be foreign disinformation. But it gets worse. The FBI's attempt to follow up on the $10 million Ukrainian Biden bribe was shut down. The FBI informant who said there's 17 tapes of Biden talking about bribes That, too, has been shut down, despite that there's no evidence that this is foreign disinformation. And while all of this is going on, the FBI has been actively planting information against Donald Trump, doctoring emails and disseminating fake dossiers. The FBI used Biden to get revenge on Trump. They got a dirty politician elected so they could defeat a politician who caught them trying to frame him and fire their director. And now we have a compromised president in the White House being protected by a rogue gang of sick agents. And the American people are the real victims of this stupid inside game. You're paying more for everything. The border's wide open and crime is sky high. And we have two proxy wars that Biden can't manage. All because the FBI believes it's more powerful than democracy. There it is, folks, (laughs) and laid out perfectly in three minutes. So uh, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, your donations over at MAGAPAC.org or BugleCall.org. Help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. The donations are very helpful because we're a partnership. Scott Adams Show, Bugle Call, and MAGA Pack are the ones carrying this America First message each and every day. Also, uh, if you go to mypillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. We're a stand the mounds getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.